0: Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I'm Lisa Watson, and we'll be joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Froelich and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up Podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Lighten Up is a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes, or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop, where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us and now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome
1: back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I am here with Lisa and Brian, and we are very excited to have Elizabeth April joining the show today. She is a cosmic intuitive channeler who has the ability to go into other realms and dimensions in order to gain access to information through vibration and visuals. By having the ability to explore past lives, Elizabeth works with individuals who want to comprehend their past, present, and future. Whether you're sitting in her audience watching her YouTube channel or getting an individual reading the Insights channel through her will leave you feeling in tune with the limitless possibilities existing in the universe. Elizabeth,
2: welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me on.
1: Oh, we're so excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about a lot of fun topics today. You've got actually a lot of topics that you love to talk about. (laughs) I do, yeah. So just before we get into some of these really interesting topics, do you want to just give us a little um, lowdown on who Elizabeth April is for our audience?
2: Yeah, for sure. So right now at this time, uh, I'm 27, but I have been on this journey of awakening, ascension, enlightenment, pretty much my whole life. Um, I was born with clairvoyant and... Um, extra sensory abilities. So I had the ability to see auras and chakras and interdimensional beings and spirit guides and ghosts uh, from a very early age. And that really kind of opened me up to what the possibilities were. But that also opened me up to a world full of bullying and criticism and just being different, I guess. So At around the age of 10 years old, I shut down most of my abilities, and I just really wanted to conform. I just really wanted to fit in. And so I did everything that I possibly could do to just be like everyone else, and that included a lot of sports. So I really kind of got into um Really any sort of sport you could ever possibly imagine. And I did pretty well at them. But at a certain point in time, especially around the age of 14, 15, kind of those teenage angsty years, uh, I started to really question things. I started to really look around my reality and, and ask those big questions. You know, who are we? Why are we here? What are we doing? And unfortunately, it seemed like no one really had the answers to those questions. Um, even growing up Catholic, I went to go visit a priest to ask him those big questions as well. And yet every single time, I continued to be disappointed by the answers or lack thereof. So at the age of 16, through a lot of anxiety and depression and uh, you know confusion, I ended up exploring my first ever past life regression So at 16, I went into this past life regression. I explored about five past lifetimes, and I started to understand that in all of these past lives, I was in a position to gain access to information that society didn't really have, uh, and basically relay that information to people so that they could better understand their existence. And at 16...
1: Yep. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but how did you experience your past life regression? Did you go to see someone or were you experiencing it on your own?
2: Yeah. So for the first one uh, at 16, uh, it was my father, which is odd because he's an engineer, uh, who actually recommended that I do a past life regression just because I was really depressed and I was looking for answers. And, you know, psychologists and therapists and even my parents couldn't really show me those answers. But uh, he studied past life regression when he was going to university. And he's the one who actually gave me my first past life regression. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, he was doing things like energy work. Uh, Nowadays, we call it Reiki when we were kids. So, he's quite intuitive, very tapped in. Clearly, you know, we chose each other as, you know, father, daughter for a reason. And it's cool because when I was younger, he really kind of opened me up to what was possible. And then, of course, around the age of 18 and on, I've been now opening him up to what else is possible moving forward. So we've kind of been playing this awakening game between the two of us. It's been really, really exciting.
1: Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah.
2: So that, you know, that really opened up a can of worms for me. Um, I think the biggest thing for me at 16 with the past life regression beyond just understanding what I've done before and what I could potentially do in this lifetime, it really opened me up to aspects like reincarnation, simultaneous time, the fact that gender isn't really a construct within this you know, reality because we've been both male and female before. Um, so at around the age of 17, 18, I started giving past life regressions On everyone I could possibly get my hands on, anyone who is interested, because um, I knew that it changed my life, you know, and I knew that if I could change my life and figure out that there's so much more than just what you see in the mirror, then I could potentially change other people's lives by giving them past life regressions as well. So
1: we've actually talked about this on our show in the past. We had Jessica on cool. a few weeks ago and we were talking about going into the past and, but how many times people get stuck in the past and don't um, use mm-hmm. it for the benefit of where they're at right now. So how do you help people use their past lives to move them forward in their now?
2: Absolutely. So when I was doing the past life regressions, um, You know, it, it could be very traumatic because they are visually seeing, you know, the trauma that they've experienced and they are putting together the pieces of why they have kind of re re-incurred that trauma in this lifetime. So I get that people can get really stuck in the past, but at a certain point in time, I discovered that not everyone was able to be regressed. There's a lot of people who are so attached to their current state of reality, i.e. their ego, um, that they weren't able to actually let go of this this present moment and go, go back into this trance-like state. So uh, around the age of 20, I just started putting myself into a trance-like state and regressing myself into someone else's past lifetimes. Uh, and that way, it's like the damage isn't real reincurred in, in a sense for them. I get to see all of the trauma and then I basically communicate where they've been and what they've experienced in those past lifetimes so that they can actually move forward from that past life and piece together the pieces without re-trauma or re-injuring themselves within that emotional state. Um, and it's usually impactful enough where they're like, whoa, you're talking about this lifetime right now. And I'm like, no, I'm actually talking about a past life in the 1400s. But it's so clear and so evident. And there's such a parallel that they're able to make those connections and move forward from it without getting stuck in it. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I like to target is the lessons. What were you learning? And why has that been repeated in this lifetime? that's
0: really interesting. And the fact that you say that everything is brought forward into this lifetime. So it's not really necessary to know what happened in previous lifetimes because everything is going to be right. brought forth and you're going to experience it you know in your first 7 yep. years of this life but i i can see how understanding sort of the patterns that have gone on maybe in previous lives would bring it to the mm-hmm. forefront of like okay this is where you need to focus and these are the things you need to let go and yes. start to move past
3: so i am definitely I am definitely one of those people that cannot get to the, uh, the trance like state.
0: Mm.
3: Would you be willing, we don't have to do it now. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can have you back. Would you be willing to, to Guinea pig me on, on, on the air?
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so open for that. I love exploring past lifetimes. Um, it's so impactful. And I'm so privileged because if you think about me doing, starting my career with past life regressions at 18, 19, I'm 27 now, and then just at 20, getting into a trance-like state where I can see other people's past lives. You know, if you think about the example of taking 100 clients, right? 100 clients of mine into potentially five past lifetimes. And that's usually what I go through in one session. That's potentially 500 past lifetimes that I, as an objective observer, get to witness. So here I am. I'm I'm helping people move through, you know, their their most traumatic times and their deepest attachments and their you know, you know, their biggest irrational fears and at the same time I get to observe humanity in all of the lessons that we've ever needed to learn in you're order to kind, move through them. And one of the biggest You're kind of an
3: anthropologist.
2: Uh yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. I love looking into the hidden human history and, and those kind of things as well. Um And at 18, I had my first ever conscious alien abduction, and that opened up another can of worms for me to say, whoa, not only, you know, have we been human, not only have we reincarnated on this planet as plants and animals and other humans, but hey, we can also be an interdimensional being out there in the universe, So I started uh, doing past life regressions and also trance-like states, uh, taking myself and other people off of this planet to see where you've been before in other lifetimes, on other planets, in other dimensions. So not only have I witnessed, you know, tens of thousands at this point, past lifetimes on this planet, but I've also witnessed and I get most excited about witnessing the past lifetimes off of this planet, and understanding how the Anunnaki live, or how the Palladians live, or what the Galactic Federation is up to, you know, and I get to really understand what the universe looks like through the eyes of a multitude of different um, past and future lifetimes off this planet. Oh,
1: that's so cool. So okay, you were abducted. (laughs) We need to go back
2: to that. Let's go back to that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so I call it my first ever conscious abduction, because I was uh, very aware of the abduction, um, but it wasn't necessarily my first abduction, and we can get to that. Uh, but yeah, so I was 18, I moved away, uh, went to university, and the first thing I wanted to do when I moved away was go to this 10-day silent uh, meditation retreat. Uh, it's called Vipassana, and there's no tough have you? Oh, the I did that. Days? Yeah, I did it in Costa wow, Rica in 2008. Incredible! Oh, I did mine in 2010. So super interesting. Yeah. So cool. So it was on the second night of the 10-day meditation where I was taken from my room and, of course, usually these retreats are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, apparently afterwards I looked it up and there's a military base like half a half a mile down the road. So there's all these, you know, you know, it's in the middle of, of nowhere. You can't talk. So and there's a military base. It's the perfect setup for any interdimensional being wanting to abduct a human. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> so I was uh, I was taken by the tall whites. They are not a very kind species. Not at all. Um, I just call them the tall whites because they're very tall very lanky and they're white um and they ended up the, the whole thing was so clear so vivid it's like burned in my memory and they ended up putting a uh chip into my right ear and you know I saw the machine I, there was about eight of them in front of me all kind of witnessing observing this this um little chip going in. And that was about it. And then I went back, they put me back in my bed. And I woke up and, you know, I was freaked out. And I'm like, should I leave? Should I leave? Like, are they going to come back? And I'm like, no, I have to stay like I have to be here. So the next day, I actually ended up, of course, stealing a butter knife, what's that going to do? But I stole a butter (laughs) butter knife from the kitchen. And I'm like, if they come back, I didn't want to hurt them. I just wanted to like get some evidence. I'm like, if I can get some like green alien blood or something, you know, and like, and like prove that they were here, you know? So yeah, but that really like, regardless of the chip and the implant and the fear and all of that, and it wasn't really a pleasant experience. Um, It really did open up my conscious awareness to the fact that aliens are real, they are here, you know, and there's a lot of different agendas going on simultaneously. And it was after that abduction at 18, where I started having very vivid flashback and very vivid recall to myself as a tall gray interdimensional being on board a spaceship. So it would it was as crazy as, you know, I'd be walking down the hall of my university after this 10 day sit. And as I'm walking to class down the hall of my university, I would have a flashback where all of a sudden, I'm a seven foot tall gray being with four fingers walking down the hall, of the giant spaceship. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I'd be flipping back and forth from one reality to the next, you know, simultaneously existing as both beings um, in a superposition state.
0: Did you get the chip out of your ear? Wow.
2: Yes, I did. It took me about three weeks to find the right individual to help me out with this. Uh, And I went to a psychic and I said, look, something weird happened. Can you please look into this? And so she did a scan And she said, oh, yeah, there's a there's an implant in your right ear. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, she's like, "Okay, I'm going to do something called psychic surgery. And she's like, I can't physically remove it. It's too deep, she says. But it is made of organic material and it's just going to kind of decay in your ear. Uh, But she did tell me that the chip is. She said it had these energetic, almost like strings or veins coming from it, from the ear. It went down my spine. It wrapped the veins, energetic veins, wrapped around my heart. And simultaneously, it went up my neck and it wrapped around the crown chakra. And she said that uh, the beings who took me were just very curious about me because they had never really seen a human with such a bright light uh, before. So they're like, who is this? Who is this human? And what is she doing to have this kind of vibration? And uh, apparently they also branded me and they put this kind of like alien stamp, I guess, on my aura for other interdimensional beings to kind of back off. It's like, oh, she's already taken sort of thing. And within those three weeks when I had the chip, I felt watched, like at that point in time, I started before the retreat, I was astral traveling, lucid dreaming, I was um, increasing my telekinetic, telepathic abilities. I was doing all of the things. And once that chip was in me, I felt so watched and so suppressed. I was so scared that if I left my body, they would enter it. Like I just didn't know what was going to happen. The second that she psychically removed that chip and she basically deactivated it, I felt so liberated, so free. And that's when I started having those, those vivid flashbacks and recalls about my true self. And I know that I contracted myself to have that kind of scary abduction experience in order to wake up to the truth within this reality.
1: Wow. So do you believe that, um, gosh, I'm just playing the skeptic right now. Do you believe that she actually deactivated it? or yeah. do you believe that was more of like a power of suggestion in your mind? like
2: i you know you I know that's what i yeah i I totally get the placebo effect. actually, I'm obsessed with the placebo effect, so i I know all about it. um and no, I want to say that there is a very, very clear difference between when the chip was in there, and after the chip was removed. I mean, I felt, you know, worlds different. I I stopped having the paranoia, the anxiety. I literally, I felt like behind me about four feet, there was about three beings all the time, you know, I would be just um, at work, and I would feel watched, like all the time, the second the chip was removed, my psychic abilities started coming back, I started to feel much more grounded, a lot less paranoid and anxious, and way more liberated. I mean, the stark difference between the before and the after was astounding.
1: So when you when you talk about um, this idea of like waking up to the realities, and let's talk about like glitches in the matrix, what were some of Mm -hmm. your first um, uh, experiences and uh, observations of glitches in this matrix?
2: Yeah. So if we're going to talk about glitches in the matrix, we got to talk about something called the Mandela effect. Are you guys familiar Mm -hmm. with the Mandela effect?
0: Yes. Our (laughs) skeptic
2: is. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, it's this kind of understanding theory, you know, philosophy, whatever you want to call it, um, that, you know, people remember something you know, a large group of people remember something that isn't currently the thing right now in this moment. And we can take a look at sex in the city, sex and the city. We can take a look at many different examples. Luke, I am your father versus no, I am your father. There's an infinite amount of examples, Berenstein, Berenstain, but those are just the mainstream examples. Um, I didn't really give the Mandela effect a second glance until 2016. So not too long ago. And I was contacted by the Galactic Federation, which is basically like the government for the universe, and you know, up until that point, I was working with them quite a bit, uh, giving humanity information that they were ready for. And they, you know, it was the Palladian Security Councils, what I call them, and they invited me up to their, you know, council meeting. And they said, Elizabeth, we have something really important, and we believe that humanity is ready to hear this. And I said, okay, cool, you know, bring it on. And they they show me this holograph projector. And they say, turn around. And so I turn around and in front of me are these two planets and they both look like planet Earth. So I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, why are you showing me two planets? It doesn't make sense, right? Two Earths side by side. And they said, well, what happened is that back in 2012, um, you know, and you'd heard about the Mayan collapsing of the calendar and the end of days and all of that. Well, something did happen back in 2012 and there was a collapsing of our old reality. And what happened was the reality that we knew and love uh, ended. It ceased to exist uh, back then. And what happens when one reality collapses is that we all, as a collective consciousness, hop into the next best reality. Now, the problem is, is that back in 2012, there was such a paradigm shift, there was such a shift in consciousness, you could say, that half of the world, and it wasn't really 50-50 at all, but a good portion of the world was still in a very fear-based, third-dimension, lower vibrational mindset mindset. And there was an emerging, there was this budding awakening that was happening where there was a large majority of the people on the planet who were starting to ascend, awaken, raise their vibration and hop into the fifth dimension frequency. So what happens is when one reality collapses and there is a polarity shift on that same space, there's a separation that happens. So the Galactic Federation told me that the separation that happened was now that there now there are two earths, there are two individual separate polarized realities, one existing in a fear-based lower vibration the third dimension and one existing in a high vibration fifth dimension you know, um, more love-based frequency. And they said, even though you are currently seeing them as two separate earths, they are simultaneously existing in a state of superposition. And that being said, you know, it's kind of the paradigm where you could be walking downtown in a city center and no one sees you because everyone's in one reality, whereas you're in another reality. So even though we're all sharing the same physical space, there's a huge polarity that's happening that's actually propelling us into one state of being or another, into fear or love. And ever since then, that's basically been creating the Mandela effect. It's been creating the switch in the paradigm. And before you comment on this, I want to give you one example. And this is like, you know, I've been teaching this for the past, whatever, three or four years now and uh, And this is a really cool example. So a couple of years ago, when I kind of released this information to the world, um, I had a client of mine, and she called me up and she says, "Oh my goodness, Elizabeth, I don't know what's happening, but something weird just happened." And I said, "Okay, tell me." And so she said, "Last night, you know, you know how I've been having issues with my husband." Well, last night, me and my husband had this incredible conversation. We talked about everything, our emotions, our connection, our disconnection. You know, he was so open, so vulnerable. We had this epic conversation. Then we went to bed and the next morning, both of us, you know, get in our car and we go grocery shopping that morning. And I turn to him and I say, wow, what a great conversation we had last night. And he turns to me and he says, what conversation? We didn't, we just watched TV. What do you mean? She's like, what do you, what do you mean? We, you don't remember the conversation that we had for like four hours. He's like, no, that never happened. So she's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he doesn't remember. And so I channeled it and it turns out when they had the conversation the night before, they were both propelled into the fifth dimension frequency. They were both propelled into a higher vibration. The next morning. Throughout the night, throughout the sleep, they woke up in different paradigms. They woke up in different polarities. She woke up still in the fifth dimension. So she remembered what happened in the fifth dimension frequency the night before. He woke up in his typical third dimension frequency, which means even though they're sharing the same space, he had no recollection whatsoever of what happened the night before because he remembered what happened in the uh, parallel reality, which was the third dimension frequency the night
0: before.
3: Lisa's always jumping in and out of my timelines.
0: <laughs> ah, <laughs> We say that a lot. Like I'll say, oh, this happened or whatever. and and he, Brian's adamant that it was another way. And I never pushed wow. it. I'm just like, Oh, okay. Well, I was probably on a different timeline then like, because it doesn't make any yep. sense to me. It's so clear. And they're usually yep. silly things. Like it's not, it's not a big yeah. deal or whatever. Yep. But I'm like, when I look at him in the, his eyes, like he's like, no, that didn't happen. I'm like, okay, it didn't happen. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm right. it might not happen for me, but all right. It didn't happen for you. Yes. I get it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. We're
2: all moving into this awakened state, and I really understand the awakening as being a quantum reality not a linear reality we are moving from a third dimension place which is a linear well if i do a then i lead to b then it leads to c that's great i mean that's how time supposedly works in the third dimension but we're no longer containing and limiting ourselves to this third dimension linear frequency moving forward everything is in a quantum state which means that the thing that you remembered, Lisa, and the thing that you remembered, Brian, they both happened simultaneously, um, but you guys are both in your own dimensions and reality uh, when they happened, which is super interesting. So we're, we're having this effect people are experiencing it every day. I mean, it's not just these grand, you know, things that are happening at a mainstream level, we are all experiencing an individual Mandela effect and hopping of parallel dimensions and realities, and these glitches in the matrix all the time. Um, And we have Hmm. to be aware of them.
0: Yeah, They're usually, like I said, they're usually small things that, you know, in the past, I think, I've been more like no I know it happened this way or you know challenging people mm-hmm. to remember it and and now that I understand the different dimensions and parallel realities I just like oh Okay, mm-hmm. now I get it. Like, that makes sense, so and much it's always easier. <laughs> uh, you know, I've had we've seen people describe
1: this as you know, if you look at something that's two dimensional, it doesn't know there's anything above it. You know, like it just sees its world as flat, and so. But the mm-hmm. but the third dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, reality can see a flat reality. can see two dimensions. And and that's how it kind yeah. of works. So when you're in fourth dimension, you can see into 3D, but 3D, it's very difficult to see into 4D unless you're kind of vibrating at a different level. And I just feel like for our audience, I, we've said this before, but if you, if you don't understand this concept, one of the greatest TV shows that puts this out here is Stranger Things and showing you how the different dimensions work and how you can you can literally be in the same location and experience a different reality depending on where you're vibrating. And they show how like the, like literally right simultaneously, there's another reality happening in the same one that you're experiencing.
0: Which is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've never mm-hmm. really been that interested in doing um, past life regression on myself, just because I'm trying to stay focused, like on this life and just clearing everything. But the way you describe the way you do it, I'm mm-hmm. totally interested in having you do a past life regression for me.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely! And we also have to realize too, like a lot of people get stuck in the fear based mindset that um, that karma is only a concept stuck on this planet, I don't believe that. I think that's a big misconception. It's like, we're living on a prison planet and we're forced to relive our paradigms and to relive our karma. And honestly, I mean, taking a look at people's Akashic records, once again, not limited to just this lifetime and not limited to just being human, uh, we are completing a ton of lifetimes off this planet as well. While we are here experiencing this binary polar uh, polarized world, so I've gone into um, past lifetimes of people where they are a tenth dimensional Anunnaki from a lifetime, you know, millions of years ago, and they ended up destroying an entire civilization, and they actually came to planet Earth to relive the pain of the destruction of that civilization and to essentially forgive themselves for making. Those decisions. So karma is not just a um a construct of this earth, and it's not just the fact that this earth is a prison planet. It is something that we have to, regardless if you're a tenth-dimensional being, a third-dimensional being, a sixth-dimensional being, there are decisions that you make that have ripple effects going far into the future that we have to complete at one point. Yeah, I think our minds The human mind,
1: the human ego, you know, we're so limited in what we can perceive. Mm-hmm. And until you start like expanding your consciousness and allowing it to really explore and go into possibilities that you just had yet to perceive on your own, it's very difficult to imagine that karma would exist beyond earth. You know, like it's because it, it's just it's one of those things where it's yeah. just about expanding the uh, ability to perceive things beyond what this human mind is able to do right now.
0: and It just gives you a new perspective when you're able to realize some of the things that you've done in your past lives and, you know, you've destroyed planets or you've been, you know, Mm -hmm. a god or a goddess or, you know, you've lived in Lemuria or Atlantia or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, okay, I'm just playing out this story here. But this isn't really who I am,
2: yes, exactly, and you know, just like we you know kind of brought up the human mind, right the ego like we're we're so um needing the validation of attachment to one linear moment, and so I tell people it's like not only are who you are the accumulation of everyone you've ever been before and everyone you will ever be in the future, but who you are is moment to moment. I can't say that who I am is Elizabeth April because then you ask the question, well, who is Elizabeth April? And you go deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, you know what? In this moment, who I am is a coffee drinker because I'm drinking coffee, right? And in the next moment, I'm a, a, a movie connoisseur because I'm watching a movie, right? So we need to let go of the definition and the attachment of who we think we are, who we perceive ourselves as in every moment, even going beyond in saying, Oh, well, I'm a Palladian. Okay, great. Well, you were a Palladian in one lifetime, but then you were a reptilian, and then you were a, an Arcturian, and then you were a Syrian, right? I mean, there's there's no limitations. And yes, I I agree that our soul can resonate with one state of being or another, but to fully define ourselves as one thing uh, is is a very limited perspective. Yeah. And that's where we're going into that quantum realm where we are everything simultaneously. And let's experience what we have right now in front of us because we attracted it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, why people kind of resonate with certain um, things like that, like whether it's Palladian, Syrian, Arcturian, <laughs> reptilian, um, is is just perhaps, you know, there's like you said that state of being or those lifetimes are somehow tied into this one and that you're bringing forth a lot mm-hmm. of information from that or you've got guidance coming through from there that's part of your contracts like so a lot of that stuff comes through but it doesn't define you fully it's not the all be yeah. all and end
2: all absolutely and the other thing that i just want to bring up as well when we're talking about um kind of getting stuck or trapped in the illusion is uh, spirit guides like i've been very clear about uh, the misconceptions within spirit guides but the main one is that spirit guides are you know the end all to be all of the decision maker right so a lot of people disempower themselves by saying oh thank you so much spirit guides oh thank you so oh uh, why would you why would you put me through that car accident spirit guides you know and it's like we're disempowering ourselves through the concept of spirit guides just like we used to disempower ourselves through, through the concept of god you know it's like oh i hope my spirit guides don't judge me you know or some of my clients are like oh tell my spirit guides thank you i'm like you can tell them yourself because you are infinitely connected to them And they can't make any decisions for you. Ultimately, they are here to simply guide you along the path that you discerned and created for yourself to begin with. So it's really important that the whole disempowering thing and, you know, and thinking that there are higher powers that are in control of things. It's not the case at all. We create our own reality.
0: So you bring that up and Brian and I were just talking right before this podcast Brian threw his back out yesterday playing basketball Mm -hmm. and he's hobbling around. And I was saying, you know, oftentimes lower back pain can mean that you're not feeling supported somewhere. And Mm -hmm. he said, that's
3: go ahead. I said, that's re dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You tell a story.
3: Why? That's it. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous because sometimes you can just be playing a sport and turn and something happens. (laughs) It's not the universe trying to say, Hey, pay attention. Okay. Not every time (laughs) does the universe have something to do with your life. Sometimes you just (laughs) stub your toe. (laughs) So... That wasn't really
0: where I was going with this, but he does feel that way. (laughs) But he was saying, that's ridiculous. Like, I've never felt more supported in my life right now, actually. And And so I uh I said, well, it could also be more like an echo effect where you're leveling up and, you know, your your ego is kind of having a little bit of a tantrum and is throwing a block in front of you (laughs) to prevent you from moving forward.
3: He's going on a business trip today. And and that makes way more sense than than some unknown force being in such control of of my day-to-day life that, oh, zap, you're going to have a bad back just to fuck with you.
0: Oh, but it's not some unknown Mm. force. It's you. Right. Right. It's your higher self, and that's what I was trying to get at, that you, instead of disempowering yourself and saying, oh, it's someone causing this, it's yourself. It's your own guidance system for whatever reason ego, higher self, you know, throwing this block at you?
2: Yeah. So I'll give I'll give my two cents. You can take it or leave it, Brian. But um, I'll let you know that I'm so aware. It's kind of my detriment at this point. But I'm so aware that I can be in a quantum state of being. And I'll, I'll kind of explain what I can do. And then I'll explain my opinion on the whole throwing the back. And maybe, you know what? I think it's a perfect time to do a little channeling and see why you threw out your back. I know, oh, you were just playing a sport, right? But okay, I'll tell you the quantum state that I'm in. So I'm in such a quantum state. I'm in such a state of awareness at this point in time in my life where I could be sitting at my desk in my office. And all of a sudden, I literally see myself get up from my desk, go over to the fridge, grab a bottle of water, sit back down. And then maybe I'll grab a pen. But in one quantum state, I decide to grab the blue pen. And in another quantum state, I decide to grab the red pen. I am such in a quantum state that I actually don't need to make any decisions whatsoever. And I can see all of the different parallel timelines playing out in front of me. That's what I, and I see all the different effects of all the different parallel timelines that I choose. That is right? so, cool. so everything's a choice. So cool. It's so cool. It's kind of a
0: Next (laughs) with Nicolas Cage we just watched and he can see like two minutes ahead. And so he, Ah. he watches himself do like, you know, 30 different things to see what they're going to play out as to pick the best choice. That's what it reminded me of. Takes all the fun away from uh, choose your
1: own adventure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It does. It totally does. It totally does. So, So that's the state that I'm in. Now, I walk around this world so aware and so in the the mode of integrity and responsibility that I believe that we create our entire reality. Now, it is just quantum physics that tells us through the double slit experiment that through our observation, we're choosing how the reality is going to play out. Now, there's two different sides to this. One is in the moment, you make a decision of, I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom, or I'm going to go ahead and play basketball. And based on that decision, you throw out your back or what have you. Okay. Now, in another state of being, uh, you know, way before you were ever incarnated on this planet, you decided to write blueprints or contracts for your life. So this is the whole free will versus destiny. Your destiny has already been set in motion, but who created your destiny? Not God, not your spirit guides, not your guardian angel. It was you. You decided to write those contracts and blueprints. You know what? At the age of 45, I'm going to throw out my back because I need to learn a lesson. Are you 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 saying that that
3: I would have thrown out my back yesterday regardless of what I did? Or within, you know, within this time frame, Uh, I was, I was going to throw my back out and it had nothing to do with basketball. If I didn't play basketball yesterday, maybe I would have slipped in the, in the shower and done the same thing.
2: 100%, 110%. Absolutely. Regardless of it, like say, for example, if you were supposed to drive to work and get into a car accident, but that day you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and work instead. You're still going to get into a car accident regardless of what path you chose, but only Only, only, only if you are not learning the lessons that you're supposed to learn. So, um before uh, an intervention in your life, say that accident or throwing at your back is an intervention, right? There's a reason, there's a purpose behind everything. If I stub my toe, I ask myself, why did that happen? What am I learning? And boom, the most brilliant uh, explanation of why I stub my toe uh, comes through, right? If I accidentally walk by a table and something falls off and it breaks, I ask myself, why did I just break? Why did I just break that thing? If someone rear ends me, I don't ask or blame that person for rear-ending me. I ask myself, why did I attract that person to rear-end me? Right? I'm not blaming anyone or anything else in my entire life. I'm taking full responsibility for everything that I attract in my life. So I want to give you a good example. This literally happened last week. And it's really funny. So I'm a very masculine energy, very logical, very analytical. I love taking. I love being a leader. I love taking charge. I love being in control. Right? Just is very. And so, if my space, if my energy is infringed upon, it it can be very triggering. It can be very frustrating because I'm not fully in control in that moment. So I'm learning how to be more vulnerable. I'm learning how to be more um, like more passive in a way. And so, you know, the past three weeks, there's been all these red fl- red flags in my life saying, slow down, be more vulnerable, admit when you're wrong, right? A lot of the admitting when you're wrong, that's a, that's a tough one. So anyway, so there's been a lot of these signs, right? And I haven't, I've been, paying attention to the signs, but I haven't necessarily been making the decisions to be more vulnerable, if that makes sense. I'm aware of it, but I don't really choose the other way. Anyway, and so last week, all these red flags were kind of happening because I'm like, oh, I'm going through a shift, I'm going through a shift, I'm, you know, being pushed to be more vulnerable. And then there was this really big, heavy box um, at, you know, in my, in my place, and my girlfriend comes by and she's like, oh, do you need me to help you lift that box? Of course, she's super intuitive. And, you know, already she's, she's trying to help me. I'm like, no, 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 I got this, right? I'm like, I'm a big, strong, whatever. I got this. Like, I can move the box, right? And so I literally bend down to pick up the box. Now, all week, I've been having lower back pains, like just very subtle. But I'm like, "Ooh, if I kink my back the wrong way, I know this is going to be bad, right? It's, that's the kind of feeling. So I bend down to pick up the box, and in that instant, I get a flash, a flash forward of me through my ego, through needing to be right, through needing to have control, through needing to be the one in charge to pick up the box, I threw out my back. So I get this flash forward. I go down to pick it up, get the flash, oh, this is going to be bad. And I'm like, I could still pick up this box and just prove to myself that I can still do it. Or I could ask for help and be vulnerable and learn my lesson. And every ounce of my entire being wanted to run away from that situation and just pick up the box and do what was comfortable for me. And uh, and instead I'm like, Hey, babe, can you come over here and help me with this box? And she kind of snickered and she's like, I thought so. And so she moved the box and it was fine. And I never threw out my back. But that, like me throwing out my back by picking up that box to try and prove that I was strong enough to do it, man, that would have affected me for three weeks. Like it was such a bad back throwing out that was crazy but i had all of the signs beforehand luckily i had the flash forward of making that decision to prove myself to the world you know and i didn't make that decision and i didn't throw out my back and it took about 24 hours after making that decision and having that breakthrough and realization where my back no longer gave me any pains whatsoever because i learned the lesson that i needed to learn and one more thing uh, before you guys comment Um, This is what I call saving yourself from an ego death. I believe we all have to have a collapse within our own paradigm and our own reality But by simply listening to the universe and the universe, you are the universe, you are creating your reality by listening to the subtle signs in your life, you can actually prevent something from a freak accident or a health diagnosis or, you know, or breaking your leg or whatever. You can prevent these huge, um, forceful ego collapses in your life by just listening and making the changes before you are forced to make a change. I love that.
1: (laughs) Brian, when you hear all that, are you like, yeah, still doesn't change my reality or how I feel? Or do you resonate with any of that?
3: Oh, I resonate with everything she said. Um, you know, it's very similar to what uh, what I would imagine Jessica would say. And it's, you know, it's still hard to deal with. I, my back still hurts. I can't, you know, see into the future and and, and avoid that. Um, you know, the one thing I was, I was thinking about, you know, just in my situation and what I'm going through and what, what the, you know, the things that Mm -hmm. I'm working on right now, it, it really, and I was talking with Lisa about it this morning. And I think this is why it's so frustrating. And this is why I believe sometimes you just throw it out and there's a disconnect. I, I don't feel disconnected in anything I'm doing right now. It's like everything just is coming together the team that I'm working with and the people that I'm working with. And it's, you know, it's, it's like, wow, everything is, is really on, on the right track. Um, you know, aside from, aside from doing too many things, you you know, but.
1: You know what,
3: what really, you know, Lisa and I were talking about
1: this over margaritas yesterday. Um, <laughs> and. This idea of it being an echo moment resonates with me a lot more than you. Yeah, I I agree. When
3: when Lisa said that this morning, I agree.
1: And it's just, you know, because you're finally making your you've been able to manifest some things, you know, before you and you're finally getting to that place where you can move forward. And it's almost like this. Um, I, I'm not saying it Mm -hmm. is this, but it's like, it could be like a self-sabotage. Is this a programming Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you go in and you sabotage something or you make it harder on yourself to move forward, Mm -hmm. like slow you down?
2: Um, there's, there's, there's many things that could potentially be, and I'll mention one more thing. And then I actually want to tap into your energy, Brian, if that's okay. Um, And uh, and the other thing that we can think about, too, and this is really happening at this time, especially before that timeline of 2020, um, is it's a DNA activation or a DNA shift now a couple months ago i was asking my guides and universal you know information source uh why is everyone getting sick why is everyone going to the hospital why is everyone getting sick why are there these freak accidents freak deaths like there's a lot of movement and a lot of people being taken down in a sense and so i asked why and they told me that a big part of it has to do with a dna activation or a dna shift i believe that we all have interdimensional dna within us because I believe that we're not just human, I believe that we are an experiment created by interdimensional beings and therefore we have a multitude of different um, strands of DNA within us. At a certain point in our lives, when we raise our vibration, when things are going really well and we're increasing our vibe, that we unlock certain aspects and strains of our DNA. Now, when the DNA is activated, what happens is there is a whole energetic shift in our body which means a lot of exhaustion, which means a lot of aches and pains in the body. And when we get really sick, like mostly I see this with people getting really sick, um, like having a flu or a common cold that lasts like, three to four weeks. Um, What happens is when you're just sleeping it off or you're just laying in bed and you're really not doing your day-to-day distraction mechanisms, uh, you're allowing your body to shift because as your DNA is unlocking and increasing, um, you basically can't distract yourself from that. You have to basically be in a a position of surrender. If you're trying to be on top of something or be right or tackle a project at work or whatever it may be, you're not in alignment to of the surrender to allow the process of your energy and body to just take place so another big aspect of it especially at this time is yes maybe a bit of a dna or sorry ego exchange and ego collapse and also at the same time uh, definitely a dna unlock and um and that will help you ascend as well. So it's not a negative thing, it's a really positive thing, but it usually comes through some sort of trauma to kind of make you surrender in that moment to allow the shift to take place
1: yeah, very cool. And you know when you say that, I can I, I was going back in time <laughs> and applying that to my own timeline. And I could see that when I left Toronto to move down to the Cayman Islands, uh, I was very much in like my masculine energy. It was such a workaholic. I was really. Mm-hmm you know, not in my feminine energy at all. And as soon as I moved down to the Cayman Islands, I noticed that I was starting to move more into like the softer energy of um, just relaxing more, not pushing myself as much, allowing myself to be more vulnerable. And I started getting sick. And I'd never gotten sick when Mm -hmm. I was in Toronto. I never had to use the doctor. And so when I was in the Cayman Islands, all of a sudden I was having to go to the doctor, all this, like all these different things were happening. Like, wow, I've never, this has never happened to me before. And then, you know, I leave the Cayman Islands, and I moved to Colorado back in 2016. And again, I was going, I was meditating like tw- two hours a day sometimes and like every day. And I was going through all these like huge energy shifts. And I remember getting sick a lot. There was a lot, and it was just mm-hmm. going through this thing. So that makes a lot of sense. I can kind of go back in time and see how that applied to certain times in my life where there was a huge energy shift
2: absolutely absolutely so Brian would you be interested in me reading your energy to see what comes up especially since this is so such a recent uh, oh, hell experience yeah. okay awesome all right so just one second I don't know what's gonna come up uh, let's take a look at the back stuff but mostly maybe there's a past lifetime or a cosmic connection or a lesson that you are re-experiencing at this time what,
3: what do you need what, comes what do you need so, for me do I need to sit in a triangle of crystal yeah. and- <laughs> And like chicken, chicken bone or anything.
2: No, uh, but I do need your permission. Give so uh, if you can um, repeat your first and last name three times over, and then that's going to allow me to tap. Beetle Beetle
3: juice, Beetlejuice, juice. Beetle juice. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brian Koenigberg, Brian Koenigberg, Brian Koenigberg. Okay,
2: just one second. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> he is interesting.
0: The most interesting man in the world. Hmm.
2: Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. I definitely did not expect this. But of course, I could never really put any expectations on what comes through. Right away, I'm getting drawn to a past lifetime. And it's cool because this past lifetime has everything to do with what's happening with your back at this time. Um, Okay, so this past lifetime is a past life in Egypt. And you were a male in that lifetime. And this is like ancient Egypt, like this is during the empire, like this is during the The full reign of Egypt, you know, and you were uh, a really high up there like you were in the upper echelon, the hierarchy. I want to say that you were a, um, what would I call you like kind of like a shaman or a medicine man. Uh, so you did a lot of rituals back in ancient Egypt as this 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 male, almost like a male Egypt, Egypt priest. Like, I don't know, you did a lot of things. Um, you worked with a lot of different uh, remedies. You were very, very much so an alchemist in a way as well. Um, you did a lot of burial rituals. You did a lot of birth rituals, especially for the pharaohs and that that higher family or the royal family or whatever you want to call it. Um Okay. And then, so you were very connected spiritually. You were very connected. Uh, you had received divine messages from different, uh, you know, places and, and sources and beings. Um, there was also a lot of interdimensional activity at that time as well in ancient Egypt. So you worked with different beings in the physical Mm. as well while you were there. I believe you were a human. Um, but definitely a human that was very, very advanced, very connected. And in a lot of ways, you were the mediator between the physical world and the non-physical world. You were this mediator and this kind of uh, messenger as well. And the the biggest thing that you were, you had activated was your Kundalini. Your Kundalini was in full force, which also has a lot to do with your chi energy, which is right by that Mm -hmm. sacral chakra, um, which is also the lower back. So you're very activated, very connected. You also used a lot of the ancient Egyptian um, tools. And I want you to actually go back and explore. Maybe you want to watch a documentary or something about that, about ancient Egypt and the tools that they used, such as like the Ankh and the masculine feminine, you know, and those kind of things, because that's going to be very familiar to you. And I think that you can bring back some of those concepts rather than um, just working with the tools themselves. But you have a lot of ancient knowledge from, that place now what happened so this is this is where some of the trauma comes in what happened was you were so you know you were on par you were you know you were connected you were abundant you were you know very happy um, and then you there was this other portion of I don't know if it was a family or other beings and I want to say they were the the Dracos the draconians uh, the reptilians and uh, so that was a royal family that came through. And they said that, we have, that you guys had to start doing sacrifices. First time that you'd ever heard of this. Uh, you'd never done sacrifices before. And a lot of the sacrifices that you did, and of course, because you were this mediator between the living and the dead, um, you were the one to actually uh, take part in the sacri- sacrifices. And so that, that never resonated with you, uh, the sacrifices. You thought that they were unnecessary, unneeded, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I have all the connection without the sacrifices, why do we need to do this? It doesn't make sense. Like, oh, to enhance things, to enhance things. And then, of course, you would drain the blood from the sacrificial victim, and you would give the blood and some of the other things uh, with the body to the reptilians, to this uh, royal family, um, you know, to to bring in good graces or more abundance or connection to the, the guides or the gods or what have you. And so it never felt right to you but you continued to do it and uh, and these were all just very like you know they're just they were just victims even though they were volunteers within that society. And so what happened was at a certain point in time you ended up discovering the corruption within the reptilian family and the fact that you weren't serving the greater good, you were serving them. And you felt so um You felt so manipulated and you felt so disgusted in the fact that you trusted them, uh, unequivocally that you shut down all of your spiritual abilities. You shut down your full Kundalini connection. And at that, in that lifetime, you basically told yourself at the end of that lifetime, you said, um, I, I don't feel like I have the responsibility yet of having these spiritual abilities. So I'm going to make sure that I close myself off and shut down my kundalini until the lifetime where I feel aligned, grounded enough and responsible enough to bring back this kundalini awakening and bring back these spiritual abilities to the point where... I have the discernment between what is good and what is bad or what is a high vibration or what is not or what is fear and what is love. You needed to learn that discernment of the polarity before you enter back into the spiritual world. It was almost like you were so ungrounded you were very easily influenced by the people in your vicinity and you got influenced and you, it's not even like you got angry at them. It's not even like you blamed them. You blamed yourself for not being aware enough to see the signs and see how you were being played. And so it was like this, um, almost a bit of a pride shock uh, within you of you getting played by this family and saying, I can't believe with all my spiritual abilities, I still allowed this to happen, you know, and I took part in it. And you had so much guilt and so much shame from that lifetime where you shut everything off. The reason why, so literally, I mean, I didn't even ask about your back, but the ancient Egypt lifetime came up right away. This is all in relation to your back. So it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of the ego death, a little bit of letting go. your old self. um, I think that there's a part in you that's very like, you know, the skeptic, right, the skeptic in you. um, That is your defense mechanism to separate yourself from anything spiritual, because at the end of the day, you don't trust yourself to fully, once again, gain access to your power in this lifetime or in any lifetime. But I'm here to give you the message, Brian, that you're ready, Like you are ready for a full kundalini awakening, you are ready to connect fully, and you are ready to finally have your own experiences. But the number one thing is that you you have to let go of these walls that you've created around yourself to protect yourself from getting back into the spiritual realm for fear that you are going to be misled once again in your spiritual connection. So all of this is coming down to uh, your mistrust within yourself and your connection spiritually and throwing out the back. And of course, I mean, so divine and synchronistic, you threw out your back exactly at this time. I know you're off to a trip right now, but you threw out your back at this time because we were going to have this podcast today, which was going to give you the answers that you needed and the validation to say, I understand why this is happening. I once again, trust myself to open up. And that's actually an affirmation two things I think. Um, I trust myself is a really important affirmation for you. And I am safe to trust myself is a super important affirmation for you as well. This happened for a reason so that you could get the affirmation and the validation today so that you can move forward in that full awakening. Like You're ready and you're freaking powerful. And I think you know that, but you don't want to know that. And you have this weird push and pull been, energy been with been your, within that, your own self. I've been told that
3: before.
0: <laughs> we, we know it yeah and yet it. you
2: yes of course because you know um, you know you're surrounded by these high vibrational beautiful women in your life and, and you're still in so much resistance but this is this is it this is your wake-up call this is your time to expand and ascend and and you know what i bet you anything lisa's your wife yes. right Yes. Lisa's your wife. yeah i bet you anything lisa's going to be super jealous because she's going to be like hey it took me 15 years to get there and you got there in one no, weekend. She's going she, like to she's
3: gonna be supportive and she's going to light language me up to, <laughs> course, to awaken me.
0: Yeah. He awakened my light language, yes. I think in me. And when my light language started, oh. I kept all I like, kept getting oh. the message. This is for Brian. This is for Brian. I'm like, how come every time oh. they show up, it's you guys, for you. You
3: guys aren't ready for <laughs> me. I'm telling you. Like, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to like, Take over the earth and be like some overlord.
1: Okay, well, before you do, let us just interview a few skeptics, okay? <laughs> You know know what I love about that? um, What you what you talked about there, because I think this is something that gets um, this comes up a lot, where we we tend to be like, okay, well, you know, we look for an answer as to what, what, why, Mm -hmm. you know, why is this happening? What is the reason, you know, and we forget that there could be layers of reasons. It's not just one thing.
0: Yeah, when you were talking, Elizabeth, it was just Like I had full body tingles and I was just crying. It was so resonating with me. I just, it's like, I've known that about Brian. Like I know who he is and I've known who he is since I met him, you know, just looking into his eyes. That's why we got married four months after we met. But it's like hearing you explain all that just really, really resonated with me.
2: Mm, I'm so glad. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, understanding past lifetimes is so important and how they play into today. And, you know, the trust thing and the push and pull, I always say the things that you resist the most are your biggest lessons. So even without having a psychic or someone like me in your life, you can say, oh, that's a really big trigger for me. Why is that a trigger? Oh, that's something I have to learn. Okay. Like for me, being vulnerable, super triggering, right? But it's something that I have to learn.
0: So as far as like the backache goes, it's, I mean, I understand it. The message was what was important for him to hear today and and that it really is more of a
2: echo yes. moment
0: for him in this lifetime. So
2: exactly. Exactly. So the, the, the pulling, uh, you know, pulling the back has everything to do with releasing the trauma that you have created in your Kundalini. You basically put a freaking block on your Kundalini so that you're, you're, you're not allowing yourself to awaken. And I don't know if you've had back issues before.
3: I have, I have
2: in this lifetime.
3: Yeah. The exact, the exact same thing.
2: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So I promise you, I guarantee you. Okay, first of all, that's you know something that could have turned into three or four weeks of pain uh, should move through really quickly. Now that you have this information, the more that you say mm-hmm. I am safe to trust, mm-hmm. um, I trust myself, the more you affirm that to yourself. Especially every time you feel the pain, okay. the pain is a great reminder of the affirmations and the completion and the forgiveness. The biggest thing is forgiveness. Ooh, yes the other affirmation, I forgive myself for what happened, you know, and those kind of things. So the more that you do that, the faster this pain will will uh, uh, decrease. But you have to learn the lesson first, you have to go through the motions, you have to, you know, repeat those affirmations. And then the other thing, too, is, I will almost guarantee that you will not have the back issues that you have had in the past, moving forward, because you have relearned this, and you are reawakening the Kundalini. But I will say that, Anytime you get a little bit of a twinge in your back, maybe it's five years from now, and you get a twinge, allow that to be your awareness, okay, to oh, am I, what am I not learning? Oh, am I resisting myself again? Oh, do I no longer trust myself? Oh, am I not allowing myself to forgive? Okay. So like for me, it's always been the the throat chakra, right? For me, like I've been hung, I've been, you know, cut, I've been killed in the throat chakra for speaking my truth. So every time I get misaligned, I get a sore throat. My voice goes away. So I allow that to be like, oh, I'm getting a sore throat. What aren't I speaking about? What aren't I being open and honest with myself regarding? So allow your back to be your main point of awareness related to forgiveness within yourself and trust and surrender within the outside world as well. Cool. Um,
1: I um, I don't know if you picked up on this, Lisa, when um, Elizabeth was, was going through that Egyptian time period. And I don't – Brian, maybe you did. But it felt to me – because I just think it's so interesting because I – you know, just in this last – six months, I've realized how much we repeat (laughs) cycles over and over, like the patterns show up, you know, from like, literally living them out with similar people, like (laughs) in this lifetime. And it just when you were talking about the the draconians and the, you know, the betrayal and how he felt so manipulated and used and betrayed in a way like, it just, Brian, it just brought me right back to your ex-wife and how mm-hmm. she played you with the whole, you know, like, oh that whole thing just came up. And Bitch. Um, there's
0: been several people where I feel like he's been played. <laughs> it's like he's put his trust in people and then they haven't shown up wow. for him. And, yes. and that is definitely yes. a cycle that he keeps playing out in this lifetime. For sure. It's a pattern.
3: Don't betray me, Nicole. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Wow. Said, Pardon? Don't
3: betray me, Nicole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why would I do that? Well, you know, it's it's so interesting. Just yesterday I had a client and you know, first time client ever, and she's like she came out, you know, for you know, first thing that she said in the session, she's like, I never get these, you know, psychic readings. I don't really believe in psychics, so prove yourself. Like that's basically the energy she gave me. I'm like, Okay, cool. So I go into this past lifetime um, to release whatever between her and her mom. And I don't know anything about her or her mom or what have you in this life. And I go into this past life and it was around the, I think 1300s in dark ages, medieval era. And her mom was a smuggler. Like that's the only way I could describe her. Like she was basically the middleman in between, um, people who stole precious metals and jewelry and goods. And she would take the stolen goods and then she would sell them. Uh, super interesting. And so this just happened yesterday. And so I was going through this lifetime and I was telling her all about it. And, you know, of course I can see her on Skype and her her jaw is just dropped and she's looking at me. So I go through the lifetime, blah, blah. blah. And then your mom betrayed you because uh, she, she went to jail. And then by you trying to get her out of jail, you went to jail, but you went to jail for a longer time. You know, it was like this whole thing where like she ended up getting, um, you know, uh, like in a worse situation for trying to sacrifice herself for her mom. And that's been repeating. Anyway, so she's like, She's like, oh, my goodness, Elizabeth, like, you were basically talking about this lifetime. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, my mom in this lifetime was one of the biggest drug smugglers in all of America. She was a drug smuggler. That's what she did for a living. And she left me on a beach at the age of 15 with a suitcase because she had to run off and run away from, you know, getting caught. And I'm like, what? And and, and it was actually at the age of 16 where her mother got put into jail. And she tried to get her mother out of jail because her mom influenced her to do that and then she was put into jail at the age of 16 for trying to get a fugitive out of jail um and so she's like how is that possible that this whole thing just got repeated again i'm like well clearly you guys are back together because you weren't able to complete the energies of that past lifetime then i gave her the tips and tricks and tools and affirmations and what have you to help her complete the energy from that past life but I mean, to the point, to the to the very point of you know being a smuggler in that lifetime and in this lifetime. I mean, that's a very specific thing yeah, to uh, to reincur. So it's just so interesting, so interesting what you can experience uh, just by understanding you know who you were before and why you're here. You know, now.
0: Elizabeth, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I really wish it could continue, but Brian and I have to go <laughs> to the airport.
3: Nicole, you, you guys yep. can keep the, the conversation <laughs> going. We'll just be silent and obviously edit all this out. Oh, the dog, oh. The dog <laughs> breathed.
1: No, I, mean, I, I, I can continue a little bit longer with Elizabeth if you want, if you guys just, but you guys got to keep it recording. Yep. So it'll
0: on just your, record. Yeah. It'll be record beyond. For a long in, time, yeah. I'll, I'll be back in an hour. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so okay. much, Elizabeth. I'm going to set Thank up a, okay. a session with you because you're fascinating. Love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, go okay. ahead. Just email me. But it was definitely a pleasure. Okay.
1: Have a great day. U.
3: Thanks. Bye. Bye.
2: You too. Bye.
1: Okay. So, okay. Well, Elizabeth, this is really cool because... Um, you know, I, this idea of repeating patterns over lifetimes has come up in my lifetime. This, this time has come Mm -hmm. into my awareness where, and I've talked about this on my YouTube channel. I've talked about it in my alchemy course that I've launched just recently, um, where I've shared a lot more details Mm -hmm. with everyone there. And I've talked about a little bit on this podcast where I was dating someone and all this Mayan stuff started coming up. And, um, Mm. he has no awareness of it, but, uh, in a past life, he was kind of like this, um, Mayan kind of demigod in a way. And he mm-hmm. made himself more human in order to be with me. And mm-hmm. I was like a medicine woman at the time. Um, but because of the hierarchy, especially with males and females, he was considered higher up and he wanted to be with me. But the, the rules of the hierarchy weren't allowing him. They wanted him to be more in the work because of, he had all these special powers, much like Brian, when you were talking about Brian. But we, um, I was pregnant with our child and i had a i suffered mm-hmm. this truncated birth on the beach and he wasn't able to be there for me and because the um the uh the the, basically you know this hierarchy of men wanted him to be more focused on his spiritual guidance and abilities to to work with them than than be with me he had to abandon me and i had to go through all my grief on my own and go through this abandonment and eventually the grief was so strong that i ended up dying i I, my body got a disease and i ended up leaving which apparently Uh he left soon after that because then he because I was, I was basically transmuting the grief for both of us. And, um, when I left, he had was left with it on his own. So you go come back into 2018, 2019. And I, um, well, this is the first I'm going to say it on the podcast. Um, people in my alchemy course know Mm -hmm. this, but I got pregnant very, um, like last Mm -hmm. fall with him. He doesn't even know this. Um, because it happened very fast. Uh, I miscarried very quickly. But it brought up all these emotions to the um, the surface. And I didn't understand why I was so I mean, obviously, I would be very upset about it. But the grief was so strong, it was putting me in bed for days, and I couldn't understand it. And then all of a sudden, I started to understand what had happened. Well, you go fast forward a few more months, and I'm wanting to express to him how I feel like on a much deeper level and wanting to move the relationship more forward. And he didn't know what to do with it because he's so paralyzed within his own fear and lack of self-worth. that He didn't know what to do with yeah. it. And he ended up ghosting me and abandoning me. And I had to go through. Wow. Yeah, and, and we literally went through the
2: whole thing again, again
1: in this lifetime. Yeah. And it's so interesting because he's recently just in the last week, wow. finally reached out to me because he wants to understand what's happening and he doesn't understand himself and why he did that to me. So it's almost like, because I, what I understand is this is the lifetime where we're meant to heal that. But also that lifetime triggered me into a time loop where I wasn't able to ever conceive a child again, because I was so stricken by the grief. I would never be able to have child again. So this lifetime is the one where we're supposed to heal that. And I'm supposed to be able to move forward to have a child. Um, Whether it's with him or not, like that doesn't matter, but it's like that. And so I've been kind of like the last few months have been going through all this grief of feeling abandoned again, feeling like I have to do everything on my own and um, trying to heal it on my own because I want to move forward because I don't want to get trapped in this time loop anymore. But it's just so interesting that he recently came back in and um, Mm -hmm. this idea of healing.
2: Well, you know, I'm not surprised that, you know, he came back in. He, he, it's got to be completed. Mm-hmm. It's got to be completed in this, in this lifetime. I mean, as we move into that quantum state, as we move into that fifth dimension frequency, all of the old third dimension stuff, all of the old fear and trauma from past lifetimes is all coming to the surface. Um, and that's a big aspect of it. And it's, you know, I'm so glad that he came back and he's willing to hear you out about it and, um, and understand why those things happened, so that both of you can move through it. And and like you said, whether it's meant to be with him or not, I think the biggest completion in this lifetime is for you to once again, have a child and have that be um, not necessarily traumatic and completing that cycle in that way. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's funny, because a lot of my friends are really protective. They're like, don't talk to him or like let him find a life coach on his own or you know they, but i know deep down there's the healing that has to happen here like the completion has to happen and it's not so much about you know us getting back together or anything like that it's it's about just facing the truth you know, here and, and and having that healing completion, like you said, I think I, I can feel it. That's what's kind of coming to the surface, which is so interesting because we're just talking about this last week. With you know, we just had the full moon in Pisces next to Neptune in Pisces, yeah. and this idea of spontaneous healing coming in, and like this just all happened around yeah. that, and it's just like wow, like it, you we you know people can talk about the energies and how like, well, do they really influence? Does they not influence? It's not that it takes away mm-hmm. your free will to like, you know, but when you you right. understand what's influencing you and how you either work with the energies or work against the energies. Mm-hmm. I think that's what really kind of opens us up to understanding things more and being in alignment with everything Absolutely. that's happening.
2: Absolutely. That's huge. And it's so much easier having a conscious partner because In past relationships, I have been very aware, like, I'm so aware of uh, connections that I will, like, um, walk down the street and catch a glance of a stranger, you know, and smile at them. And all of a sudden, I'll get, like, either their past lifetime or I'll get our past lifetime together. Like, people... Uh, get misconceived in the way that, like, oh, if I've had three past lifetimes with my boyfriend, then he's got to be the one. Mm. I'm like, no, you've actually had five past lifetimes with that homeless man that you just, you know, kicked <laughs> your dirt at or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, we need to realize that past life, I mean, pretty much every single person in your life, including you and I, have most likely been together in a past lifetime. And all of the timelines at this time are converging in order to allow us to heal which means that you may get really triggered by a new person that you meet, or you may fall head over heels for no apparent reason for someone that you meet as well. Um, but it's important that you clear, you know, some of those past lifetimes at this time. And I have a very similar connection to um, ch- uh, giving birth and being a mother as well. Um, you know, for a very long time, like it was, it was probably within this past year where I've been doing a lot of that lower abdominal sacral chakra Mm -hmm. healing on myself. And that's really through experiencing those past lifetimes where I'm able to heal that. And uh, it was in around, I think the 1500s where I ended up having children. I had three of them and getting married to a man that I didn't love through obligation. And uh, I wanted, I was so depressed that I brought these children into this terrible world, you know, the dark ages, right? That I ended up, like, this is bad, but, you know, I ended up killing my children. I ended up drowning them uh, in a whatever. And, and then I think I took my own life right after that. And oh, wow. very similar to Brian and the whole back thing and the Kundalini, I told myself, I am not responsible enough to make the right decisions for myself before having children. Therefore, I am not allowing myself to have children. So since the 1500s, I have had endometriosis, which is basically, you know, you're just unable to procreate, like you're unable to conceive. Um, And even in this lifetime, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, uh, unable to uh, conceive children. Oh, wow. And yeah and so and i have severe pains in my lower abdomen every month and even in between every month you know severe pains and i know that every month i literally go through the pains of labor like every month i go through what it feels like to have to actually give birth to a child because in almost every human lifetime i've had on this planet at, after I've had children, usually through obligation, oh, I'm 19, time to get married and settle down and have kids, or even earlier than that, because it's back in the day. And, um, and so then I've left my children. In almost every lifetime, I've left my husband and I've left my children. I haven't killed them in every lifetime, just that one. Um, but I left them because I said, this isn't enough for me. I have a spiritual mission. I need to go. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why I need to leave. But I need to leave and follow my my spiritual, my mission, right? So I've left my human life in lifetime after lifetime to pursue a non-physical teaching, spiritual teacher life um, in lifetime after lifetime. And it's the decision to get married and have kids uh, where I just kind of get roped into because I'm like, oh, I'm human. This is what I have to do at this time. Um, and then making that decision to say no to a husband and kids and actually just following my passion and my mission and my, my teaching first and then having kids after is the completion of, you know, a lot of that trauma in lifetime after lifetime. It's kind of like, Um, I get roped into being human and then I resent the fact that I got roped into being human and then I leave the human life that I built to be non-human, to be a teacher you know so it's been a, definitely been a struggle for me to be human in this incarnation and i know that settling down and i don't know if i believe in marriage but settling down and having kids and having a lifelong partner is definitely something that i need to have and something that i want to have in this lifetime to break um, the cycle. but just in the appropriate time to break the cycle mm-hmm. exactly and And, you know, and that's why I've, you know, really uh, enhanced my spiritual career at an early age so that I can settle down and have kids and and a family without resenting them for taking me away from my purpose, you know, so I can have best of both worlds in this life. And I find time and time again in a lot of people, it usually always comes down to this compromise. Oh, well, I can't be happy if I have all this money and I can't be abundant, financially abundant uh, and be happy at the same time. There's always been a sacrifice for one or the other in these past lifetimes and I just want to tell everyone that you can have it all. You can have it you can have both. We're we're entering into this quantum frequency and you can be financially abundant and you can be happy. You know, you can uh, experience grief and grieving and experience rebirth. Like you can experience both.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's it's just so incredible. I find it fascinating. You know, the more awareness Mm -hmm. that we that we can gain through this and how it just applies to our life, it just gives us so much more information to utilize um, at our fingertips just to make, you know, clearer decisions to, to put some context around things. Like sometimes I feel like just giving something context just makes all the difference in how you move forward in something, which, you know, you going into these past lives for people and helping them put some context around what's happening now in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. To me, it just makes, it just brings so much sense into something Mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't make any sense in the moment. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Elizabeth. This has been great. I just really um, have enjoyed all the information you shared with us today. And uh, it was really fascinating to go into Brian's past life. (laughs) Take a
2: look. I hope that, you know, I hope that he I, I hope that he shifted a little bit because of that. And I think that it was really good. Like, you know both you and Lisa are so you're so next level like you're so like there and you have all this beautiful information and he listens to this all the time and yet the resistance in him around it is so evident and it's so clear and I hope that me as just an objective third-party perspective coming in basically validating what you two have been saying this whole time uh, I hope that that's really kind of opened him up validated some things and allowed him to move forward
1: oh yeah he's you know—he's. He's so open-minded about so many things, uh, which I think is is great. And uh, he's shifting whether he likes it or not. So <laughs> his perception of it may be different, but it's it's shifting. So um, his perception just needs to catch up with it. That's all. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, if our audience, okay, let our audience know where they can watch you, find you, get in touch with you, all of that great stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So definitely, if you resonated with me and this content, I highly recommend checking out my YouTube, Facebook, Instagram for lots of great content and information. And you can also check out my website, ElizabethApril.com, for uh, blog entries and updates on events and things like that. Um, And if you want to just search me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, it's just Elizabeth April. So you can even Google me and you'll see a bunch of stuff that comes up.
1: Oh, it's great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You've got a wealth of information. we got to have you back on because we just, I feel like we scratched the surface.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. I have so much to share. So, and it's such a pleasure talking to, to all of you today. So I'm definitely open to coming
1: back. Thank you so much. And thank you to our audience for joining us once again. We'll be back with
0: you next time. Love you all. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.